At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. As always, it's your host, Armando. Got a great episode. I know I keep saying that, but it's always true. I got Caleb Helbig, winner of the TKC Texas Kayak Championship. He's joining me today. For those out of Texas that know are not familiar with this tournament, this is a brand new tournament run by Chris Morales, Andrew Jacobson, and Joseph Anderson. Um, it's the inaugural season of the TKC. It is a higher payout, so higher stakes. And it is not your typical, just kind of like regional, small club um, uh, tournament trail. This trail is full of Texas hammers. We got Guillermo Gonzalez fishing in this tournament. We got Brian Howell, another one of the ones that's sitting at a good position to take over the um, Hobie BOS Angler of the Year, uh, depending how he does in Lake Ufala. I think both Guillermo and Brian Howell are in the top five. You also got Matthew Scotch uh, fishing in this tournament. Catherine Fields has come down to fish in this tournament. Um, Rolando Landin, congratulations to Ronaldo Landin, one Angler of the Year for the TKC. Um, again, it is a tournament that it's not big, but it's stock full of great talent and winning the classic the two-day tournament at lake welch like caleb helbig did it is a big deal and i wanted to bring caleb helbig here on the show to talk about it he also came in third on the hobie bos at sam raven another great tournament on conditions that we're not uh we're not always familiar with i mean sam raven was extremely flooded for that tournament so it kind of really changed the landscape of that tournament and Caleb Helbig did a great job so big congrats to him he's on our show we're going to be talking about that win and that third place at the OBBOS and more importantly that win at the TKC two-day tournament at Lake Welch before I get into that kind of wanted to touch on something um on my latest um post promoting my previous uh episode as you know, the title of my podcast is Bass, Kayak, and Beers. It runs on the Pedal and Fin Network. On the social media side, I have my own Instagram account. We do promos on my Instagram account, Bass, Kayak, and Beers. Feel free to follow it on Facebook and Instagram and also on the Paddle and Fin side. Somebody um, was triggered by the title of my podcast, thought that I was promoting uh, drinking beer while on the water. I guess that was his argument and threatened to unfollow us. I'm not here to create division. I've said it long time ago. I don't want to bring attention to negative sides. I don't want to create divide. I'm not going to go, um, you know, spill venom on anybody or get into arguments. I respect this gentleman's opinion. I do want to clarify for those of you that are new to the podcast, I do not promote drinking on the water. And maybe I'm going to make it a point to say that either in the intro or outro. I am not here promoting for anybody to go out there and get drunk while kayak fishing. The title of the podcast is Bass Kayak and Beers because as if you heard it before on this podcast, we just sit down, crack a beer open and have a great conversation with either great uh, tournament anglers, both guys and girls talking about, you know, kind of campfire stories, how did the tournament go, how did it play out. Sometimes we do product reviews, 
if it's okay with the guys from the final cast. Sometimes we'll do a little tournament review if it's okay with the guys from the reel down. We do a little bit above everything. We also got social media content creators. And it's just about cracking open a beer and having a good conversation. That is all it is. Not promoting anybody to get drunk. Um, I, if you notice, I not I don't always start off my episodes with cracking a beer open. I do when it's appropriate. There are times where I may have a guest that is uh, recovering from alcohol addiction. And usually those type of details come up in the pre-recording. When that does come about, I never open a beer out of respect for my guests. When I'm having interviews, just like I did with Jackson Orr last year and with you and Minor this year, who are both underage, as far as drinking is concerned, legal drinking age, I don't open, I don't crack open a beer. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I just out of respect for the laws and for the people that um, have made the decision not to consume alcohol, which I do respect and I do support, by the way. So that's it. Other than that, big shout out to my sponsor. If you're watching on YouTube, Douglas Rods. Uh, they made some wonderful hoodies. They were kind enough to have my logo. If you see on my sleeve, Bass Kayak and Beers. Again, if you're watching on social media, Facebook or YouTube channel, Battle and Finn, go check out the hoodie. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. You can check out their award-winning fly fishing rods, LRS, um, bait casting and spinning rods, X-Matrix, uh, bait casting and spinning rods. And they have great um, gear, you know, hoodies. They have a new gator that comes with like a turtleneck built in into the hoodie. They have sun shirts, all-in-one sun shirts at a very affordable price and very, very uh, high quality. So not just great rods. They also have great gear. Go check them out, especially if you're preparing for cold weather winter. Check out the hoodies. Love the hoodies. Anyways, that's it. We're going to go to a quick commercial and then we'll bring Caleb Helbig back in and we'll have a great time so thank you for tuning in enjoy midway usa brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high quality technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices if you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping, MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Mr. Caleb Higby, how are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. That was a shaky intro. We had to start it, pause, you know, and start recording. So I apologize about that. I, as soon as I started recording, I forgot, wait a minute, how do I pronounce Caleb's last name? So... You have to do a little restart there. But, man, no first of all, Caleb, congratulations on your big win. TKC, the final, the classic at Welsh Lake. How are you feeling about that win, man? Oh, it, it, it was amazing. It was a it was a great weekend. Caught a lot of good fish. Uh, and uh, being able to uh, compete with the, the level of anglers like you were saying at the intro, I mean, just some – uh, some of the best in Texas were out there, and uh, it was it was good hanging out with them, fishing with them, and anytime you can uh, put put the pieces together on game day like that um, in a tournament of that size, it was it, it was awesome. You and I kind of both started at the same time. We were talking about the pre-recording. We both started getting our feet wet in the tournament last year around May, and uh, both for you and me. And then this year, we're kind of like getting you know, try to fish every tournament that we can, whether it's a, a national event or a local event. So the progression, when you start looking at these tournaments, you know, going up against guys with, I mean, with such a pedigree. as a, And I mean, it is a daunting task when you're going up against guys like, you know, with their pedigree uh and their resume on the water and that's one of the reasons why i got into tkc like to me i was like well i don't think i'm at that level yet 
But in order to raise my level, I need to compete against, you know, you know, higher level competition. That what's that's what's gonna make you a better angler, competing against the best of the best, even if you're not gonna have the um success that you like to hope instantly. Right. You know, it's 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 a great experience to be able to fish with some of these great anglers. Um, how was it for you when you got to Lake Welch, like day one? Let's start with day one. How was day one for you? So my day one started. I uh, I, I wanted to have. I think I think we were allowed to pre fish two days Thursday and Friday. I couldn't get off work Thursday, so uh, I woke up at about. Well, I had my alarm set for midnight uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, didn't wake. Didn't get out of bed till about one a.m. Uh, drove up to Welsh. Got there by uh, morning time, so I was able to get a, a full day of pre fish. I think I uh, I launched at daylight and then. Uh, probably off the water by three or, or so uh, around when the normal window for the tourney was going to be. So that was, that was, that was my start. To it. And how was day one for you? What, 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 before we go into day one, what did you find on the pre-fishing? Like you did your pre-fishing Friday and how do you felt going into day one? Like, did you find, did you feel like you accomplished what you wanted to do on day one? I mean, I, on the pre-fishing? I really think I did. Uh, Pre-fishing is one of those things that I'm, uh, I guess, trying to kind of get better at uh, using my time wisely because uh, uh, I don't don't always have time on some tournaments. Some tournaments I have more time, so trying to use that more effectively. In the morning, I uh, I put together some some patterns. I was finding uh, smaller fish and some uh, bunch of bites, uh, real shallow, kind of anywhere there was grass or timber. I was just getting a ton of bites. I caught a few small fish and then just started shaking fish off. Um, kind of moved out and started exploring some deeper water where I found what actually would go on to win me the tournament was some some deeper patterns. First bite I got out deep, pulled it in, and it was about a 20-inch fish. And um, at that point, I, I cast it around a few more times, got bites, let the fish, I didn't set the hook on it, just let it, let it go, and from there, I pretty much just went and kind of, uh, kind of locked myself into a portion of the lake uh, where uh, I just started covering water, exploring water, marking stuff on my graph to uh, be able to go back to the next day. So I had a, at least I had a good feel of how the lake was set up in case where I had found fish pre-fishing. I didn't, uh, if if there wasn't fish there the next day, I'd at least have a, a general idea of what some of the lake looked like. This was we were talking about on, on the pre-recording. You've never fished that lake before, so really, you only had that one day, a few hours to just kind of get the get the landscape of it and yeah. try to find something. What what baits were you throwing um, um, deep when you said you found that deep part? And what part was that? So I, I was actually uh, I like to throw a Texas rig. Uh, it's to me it's it's a very versatile i'll I'll put a little crawl on it or i'll put a trip worm or a curly tail worm just depending on what the situation was so i, I was finding uh offshore structure there was a bunch of uh, sticks stumps uh places where i guess the treetops had fallen over creating fresh piles out there and uh, so i was targeting structure when i went out deep uh there there were some areas where grass was probably in that uh I mean, all the way up to the bank, out to like four to four to five foot, and uh, so I would uh, work those shallow and a lot of sticky areas shallow. But uh, when I went deep, that's what I was targeting was a deep, uh, pretty much timber. Nice. How when you say deep, how deep were you you finding? It, it, it was about ten to fifteen, and and I and really, I mean, that may not be deep to some people, but it was about ten to fifteen foot, and. Uh, the part of the lake I was in, that was as deep as it got. It's a, the farther you got down to the dam, I think it, it got quite a bit deeper. But uh, 10, 10 to 15 foot was where I found uh, the, the fish that won the tournament for me. That in the shallow in the early morning. Did you have to change your strategy? Did you have to change either your strategy or the place where you were fishing from day one to day two? Or did that hold up for both days? It, it held up good for... The first day, uh, there was a, I think Friday, whenever we pre-fished, we had just had some cooler weather. It was pretty, I'd say, chilly for 
from a guy from from uh, Southeast Texas. It, it was chilly Friday morning whenever we launched, and uh, I, I feel like the bite was a lot better. And then progressively Saturday and Sunday, it kind of uh, slowed down a little bit, whether it was the weather or something else. So day one, uh, I mean, my patterns were pretty much identical. I did the same exact thing I did pre-fishing and uh, the fish were there and I, I took advantage of it. I didn't, I didn't try to save any spots. I didn't know what was going to happen the next day. I didn't know if I was going to be back there the next day. So I, uh, I, I took full advantage of it on day one, day two, uh, the patterns were a little different. I had to, uh, I, I tried to run that same routine when I went out deep. Uh, the fish just weren't there yet. They weren't there. They weren't biting. So I went back shallow, uh, worked some more grass, worked some more uh, bank areas, and then uh, went out deep around 10 o'clock and the, the fish were there. I was able to have about an hour or two window, maybe three out deep where they were they were biting good before kind of kind of shut down that day were there any specific colors that were working more than others uh, i i i like i i've kind of always i'm a watermelon red guy i'm a i'm a black mm. and red guy that's if if the water is clear enough for them to see watermelon red that's what i throw if it's dark a lot of overcast conditions so i, I like the the darker colors like black uh, whenever it's overcast and the water had a good stain to it, it was uh, it, it was the kind of watercolor I'm used to fishing where it's 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 got some visibility, but it's it's got a heavy stain to it. Where uh, I, I like those uh, red flake colors on those. Yeah, it can't go wrong with that one. It's watermelon red flakes, green pumpkin watermelon flakes too. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go wrong with it. That's a classic. Um, what any particular brand of soft plastic that worked best or that you felt more comfortable Zoom. on day one and day two? Zoom me out. Yeah, Zoom. I'm I'm a Zoom guy. I like I like all Zoom baits. I that's yeah. I, I throw a Zoom crawl, Zoom uh, trick worm, and uh, I, I did throw a curly tail worm. Some got some bites on that. I pretty much just rotated. They didn't bite the crawl through a worm. If they didn't bite the worm through a crawl. Uh, I caught some fish early in the morning throwing a, a chatterbait. I, I like throwing a chatterbait. I threw, I tried to throw topwater, I think, in pre-fishing and maybe the first day of the tournament, uh, but I didn't get any bites, which according to the rest of the tournament, that's what uh, I think most everybody was throwing for a good majority of the tournament was topwater, which I, I, I was shocked because I, I wrote it off. Uh, day two, I didn't even bring a single topwater to lure out there. I took a lot of stuff out of my kayak because we had some heavy wind coming in. And I didn't, other than maybe a frog or two I had laying around in my kayak, I didn't have any topwater. And come to find out, a lot of those guys, that's what they were killing on out there, which, uh, I mean, that, and, and they, they put up some big fish with it on uh, pre fishing and day one. And then day two, the, the bite was just a lot tougher. And it was more of a, a grind to get those those fish to bite what was the uh total there for both days that you end up was it 182 no it wasn't more it was 192 for me for both days 192, okay. 99 and a half day one and i think 92 and a half day two and um, that, I, I think i led day one and then i i was in second place behind rolando on day two as far as those individual day scores well, yeah, I noticed on the first day, 99, and I'm like, man, it's it's showing out. Welch is showing out. Give props to to Chris Morales and Jacob and Joseph for picking that late because it was yeah. it was showing out. Uh, and then day two, I see um, you got off to a slow start, I guess, or at least some of the other guys got off to a quick start. I saw Guillermo Gonzalez take the lead. I think he he took the lead at 182. I think yeah. that's what he ended up with. Going into day two, how comfortable did you feel that you were going to have this on the bag, or w were you nervous? You know, what was I, your I, your thought process on day two when you started off? I, I don't think I ever up until they they announced who won second place. I don't think I ever felt comfortable. I mean, it's uh, I was real, I, I was real happy with my day one, but uh, I mean, a against a group of guys like that, I mean, all that was was maybe about uh, four inches of cushion. Uh, I know uh, there was Jeremiah Smith. I think he was behind me with like a quarter inch. 
Uh, and then I think the the Howells, Rolando, all, I mean, there was eight of them, I think, that were in that mid-90s range where, uh, I mean, I just had a few inches of a lead against a bunch of guys like that. It's it's not much. Uh, so I, I, I was happy, but uh, day two, I was really, I was really nervous because about uh, probably 11 or 12, uh, I, I finally, I broke off a big fish, wrapped me around the stump. And then uh, I caught a 21 right after that. And then after after I caught that 21, my bike kind of just pittered out. And uh, and even all morning, it was real real slow. But uh, so I was I was pretty nervous. I mean, I, I knew I had a good score. I had a good score that was going to put me in the hopefully the top. But uh, uh, you never know. I mean, a, a good day out there, and it could have been you know, anybody's game. Yeah, definitely. When you, when you got guys like that, like we've already mentioned a few times, you know, big names, you know, you, you, you lead, you never, you'll never have a comfortable lead going into that. You just hope for the best, right? Yeah. Now, going into day two, do you, did you ever look at the leaderboard and kind of like try to keep tabs on what everybody else is doing and what you have in place? Or do you just try to ignore and just continue with your game plan? I kind of watch it. I mean, uh, day one, I really, I didn't post any of my fish till I had a, a solid limit. And then I, I finally posted my fish around noon. And then uh, that was, I, I was, I was in an area that had good fish, but it was a very, almost like kind of a, a slow pace. I mean, I, uh, the, I think day one, especially I didn't have but maybe seven or eight, uh, I say only, I mean, it was seven or eight scoreable fish when a bunch of little like 10 to 12 inch just dinks mixed in. But I knew where I was at deep, the fish were there. I just had to spend the time to get them to bite. So I'm, uh, it, it was kind of a very slow progress. Same thing day two. I mean, it was maybe a scoreable fish every, every 30 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour or so it went by before I, I caught a good scoreable fish and, and uh, I had a few areas that I would kind of go back to that the fish were kind of refilling in. And so I would fish those areas, go hit a few other little spots, let it rest for a second, then come back. That's an interesting point that you brought up. You you got your spot, then you let it rest and came back. Was that premeditated where you're going to say, I'm going to fish this spot. Once I see that it's cooled off, I'm going to move to another spot. And then come back to this spot. It's really just a, it, it's, it's kind of just trusting your gut in the moment. And, and I mean, that doesn't always pay off. I mean, I, uh, I, I had just, the tournament before this was the Southeast Texas uh, Classic Championship. And I, mm -hmm. I did a lot of moving around that I shouldn't have in that tournament. I covered a lot of water that really cost me a lot of time. And I, I left a lot of areas that had good fish trying to find other fish and and uh, so kind of coming into this one i kind of was more honed in on really picking apart a little area not trying to overthink a lot of stuff and uh but once i found those spots i knew fish were refilling there and and i just trusted my gut and just i, I didn't try to get in a rush i, I picked apart uh, a good chunk of the lake but uh real methodical and making sure i covered as much good fishable area as i could and uh and, and Lake Welsh is a, it's a smaller lake. So I think the entire time uh, there was usually people around me and that, that's always have a scary feeling because uh, you know that uh, somebody else may have just seen you catch a fish or two in, in one little spot. So if I leave that for too long, how long is it going to take before somebody sneaks over there? I had a boat that uh, caught a fish and of course it's, it's Saturday and I'm trying to keep my little spot in. Oh, nice fish. <laughs> like, man, really really making it tough on me out here but uh but it, and 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 that's the thing too i mean you've got boats around you you don't want to uh you, you don't want to uh leave a spot and, and have them come yeah. fish it but at the same time you can't get burned down in one spot too long so i you just got to trust your gut I, I feel like I, I i did that pretty well i think sunday i should have done a few things different but in the end it it worked out and yeah, was was able to to, to hold hold it up for the uh, for the first place. Yeah, that's one thing about tournaments. You know, hindsight is always 
how they say 2020. But that's a good, that's always an interesting subject. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. And when we're talking about managing your spots, you know, especially when we're talking about a two-day tournament, you know, there's different thought process, there's different techniques. Um, and, you know, and I'm not going to say that one specific way is always going to work at one right. lake you know on a two three three day tournament you know that that may your thought process may work on this tournament on this particular lake at this particular time in the year it may not necessarily work for another lake at another time of the year and another two or three day tournament so it, it really is comes down to trusting your gut in in your surroundings because like you said there's that time where you're like do I stay in this spot so nobody else fishes it? Do I risk not going to move to and try to find more fish and then giving up the fish, the spot that I already had? And, and again, that is such a chess game when it comes to kayak fishing. That's one of the things that I love, especially about a two, three day tournament. There's a lot of moving parts that you have to consider and it'll, it really does become a chess game you know what spots are you going to use and what spots are you going to let it rest what spots are you just going to stay there even just even if you're not casting just so nobody else gets on that spot yeah. i've i've talked to guys where they're like you know i i got a good limit on the first day i'm not going to blow up my spot i'm not going to give it i'm just going to lay stay there and yeah. not cast just so nobody fishes on that spot and it there's a lot of stuff that goes kind of like a game within a game that i find so exciting about this sport and again talking about one two i mean more than one day tournament it's just it's just awesome to you know there's so many layers to it you know and and the um your progression as far as success on the water it just goes from one layer to another you know first you you're struggling you know when you start you're struggling to not skunk you know to catch one fish and then it's more of like okay now i'm not getting skunk all that often now i can't remember the last time i got skunk now i'm actually catching a five limit you know more constantly versus once every five days and then you know it's just there's knowledge on top of knowledge it's just gonna make you a better angler you never stop learning to kayak to fish in general especially kayak fishing yeah it's in it it's i mean i, I think it all boils down boils down to time on the water i mean that's uh, i mean hands down the best i mean the only way to get better and um, i mean that's kind of what i did when i started out just uh fishing a bunch of the local uh little club tournaments and fishing because i mean you learn from some of these good anglers and, and that's how you get your experience and I, I think I said a lot of what helped me I think the tournament was the struggle that I just had on um, like when we had the throwdown I did absolutely terrible <laughs> and then uh, the southeast Texas I, I still did good but I, uh, I I could have done a lot of things better and so I, I think those things in the back of my mind really helped me uh, focus in on this tournament and, uh, and like you said earlier it's, it's you're never Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I mean, even me winning, I, I still had a lot of things where I'm, I'm like, man, I wish I would have done that better. I wish I would have done that differently. But that's that's the only way you improve, and that's 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 my goal every time I go out on the water or fish a tournament, especially. It's to just try to be better than the last time and keep uh, keep improving. Definitely, it's you know, you and you can't let your guard down. You know, there's not a point where you say, okay, I've reached the pinnacle i'm you know i'm uh i you know i can't i can't get any better you always can't get better and there's always there's always somebody nipping at your heels you know and if you kind of like rest on your laurels then you there you go there's somebody else is going to be taking over that that kind of like that spot of winning angler of the year winning um tournament classics it's it's never you know, it never it never gets dull. It never gets um stale because there's always there's there's that group of names that keep coming up all the time. You know, with Jody Queen, Russ Snyder, 
Joe right. Gregory, but then there's names that start coming up. You're minor, Guillermo Gonzalez, which has has now kind of like taken over kayak fishing in the last month with everything that he's doing. And he took part of this tournament. He took the lead midday through day two. And I was like, here we go. This guy's going to have three wins in a row in the last few tournaments. And it almost did. He ended up fifth. Um, you came out, you know, and pulled the win at the end. Uh, yeah. And again, congratulations. Was there ever a time where you're like, you look at the leaderboard, you see Guillermo Gonzalez, you know, he's taking the lead. He's at 182. Did you ever get down on yourself or did you, or did that motivate you to say, hey, you know what? Lucas at number one. Let me see if I can catch up to him. Was what was the mindset? Did you ever notice when he took the lead, or when, and how did that make you feel if you did notice it? I, I think I, had, uh, whenever I would post a fish, I'd kind of glance at the standings just to see what uh, what was happening, and and especially in this tournament, I, I mean, I, I think the biggest kind of just kick whenever you're out there is when you're when you're struggling just from the very get go, and you look up and see somebody's posted like you said, ninety inches, a hundred inches, and I, I think. I mean, if you would have asked me a few months ago, yeah, that would have just shut me down. I would have started panicking, but I, I've kind of, I've built up a lot of confidence in, in what I'm doing. And in that tournament, especially with the day I had before, I was, I was confident that if, if I kept, uh, kept my head on straight and kept doing what I knew was going to work out there, uh, if, if I hadn't caught him yet, I, I had the opportunity to catch him eventually. And so, uh, I, it's it's one of those I, I I don't look at it all the time. It just kind of depends, but uh, uh, it it, uh, it it can it can get in your head. But uh, I tried not to let it, and I've I worked on uh, being able to just kind of I, I know what I can do and and sticking to my guns and and uh, just seeing what I can do that day. Because if if somebody's always going to find them in a tournament, and that's that's what I push myself to do is, is if if somebody else can find them. Then, I, I can. I just I got to go find them. Speaking of big wins, you got you had third place at the Hobie BOS in Sam Rayburn. What did that mean for you? I I I know you didn't win it, but I mean third place at a another stack field at a conditions that nobody. I mean even local Texans were like that. That was a historic flood that Sam Rayburn was going yeah. through. How did, you know, talk to me a little bit about that tournament. How did it feel for you getting that third place and what worked for you on that tournament? It, it was a huge confidence boost to me. And, uh, I mean, it, it was amazing. Like I said, I, uh, of course, you'd always like to be first, but I was, I was tickled to death to be, to be third. And, and uh, I, I didn't, I didn't even know if I was going to fish that tournament. I've, I've always wanted to, to get into some of the bigger national trails like OB Pass. Um, I just never have taken that dive and Sam Rayburn's probably as close as they're ever going to get to me. And so uh, uh, I, it kind of like being flooded the way it was, was actually a, kind of a push for me to go out there. I hadn't fished Rayburn a whole lot before. I've maybe been out there a handful of times a year or two before that event. And uh, so I, I know when the lakes high like that, things are flooded, it kind of levels the playing field for everybody. Any honey hole spot somebody may have had before is, is now 10, 15 foot deeper than it was. So I, I kind of mm. went out there with a, I'm just going to go out there, fish as hard as I can, pick apart uh, uh, what, what I can. And, and that's what I did. I, I found a, uh, I was in probably, I don't know, 15 to all the way up to the bank foot. I mean, I was where I was fishing was typically a forest. And so I'm in, uh, pine tree tops and tree tops and things like that and uh, I think one of my favorite fishing technique techniques is just uh, flipping and pitching a little crawl uh, crawl bait on a flipping hook uh, I was using 50 pound braid the the water was was real uh, stained up there so I was throwing a I don't remember if it was watermelon red or, or what but uh, Rayburn's known for that red color so I was I was throwing that in the trees and I mean, having to pull myself between trees and things like that. And uh, uh, once I knew that they were biting that, I threw a bunch of things the first day. Once I knew I could get bit on that, I just, uh, I didn't stop. I, I I knew that if I could 
the longer I kept my line in the water and the more, the harder I fished, the more chances I have of kept catching those fish. They were spread out everywhere. Uh, I, I didn't find at least, I found a few areas where they were grouped up, but uh, I just knew the harder I fished, the, the better chance I had. And so I, I didn't have any like insane days, but I had two real good consistent days and it was, it was good enough to, to, to put me in that third place. So I was, I was very happy. I mean, you did great, and I and again, third place at that that tournament is, you know, something that is not nothing to sneeze about. You know, something that you definitely should be proud of. And I can see how that became a confidence booster because that was early in the year, and now when you look at that and you're fishing like the TKC, even though there's great names, it's like yeah, you're not un completely unfamiliar with fishing big name tournaments, which really does give you a little bit of high pressure you know you never want to you never want to uh, embarrass yourself you know even even if that's kind of overrated that term because really I mean everybody struggles every now every, at some point and somehow everybody's gonna skunk on a on a tournament excuse me I don't care how good you are you know you have your good days and your bad days everybody has them um But when you're in a national event where you know that it's going to have a lot more coverage, you know, it's going to be talked about in the KBN, it's going to be talked about in Paddle and Finn, it's going to be talked about in the, you know, in the group chats on Facebook. Even if you don't get that uh, right now where we are in the sports, we don't get that TV audience, it's still something that a lot of people are going to be there. And when it's not necessarily one of those things where, you don't want people to notice you skunk because really it's more about your name comes up that you did great. You know, yeah. if your name doesn't come up, basically, you know, you did nothing that warrants conversation about it. So you right. want your name to come up because you want to do good and you want that, you know, gratification of other people, not just locally, but nationally kind of recognizing what you're doing. Yeah. But there's people out there that are also looking to get sponsors, and that's also a little bit more pressure situation because now national events is something that's going to help you out other than the whole social media account. When you're looking at a local tournament, you know, with, you, with your buddies, with your friends, you know, it's more of a, a family ambience, you know. So if, when you get skunk, yeah. you know, everybody there has skunk at some point or another, you know. And for the most oh. part, there's that camaraderie, that, you know, that that'll pick you up and says, hey, don't worry about it, Caleb. You know, you'll get them next time, you know. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's hope for this time. So really, uh, a national tournament, it does bring a lot more attention. And even though... People are not going to remember if you did wrong because your name's not going to mention. They will remember you did great. So yeah. you definitely want that your name to come up in those conversations. It you know it's just you know what that's what we fish for. You ever met a fisherman that doesn't like to brag about what they got? I mean that's what we are. It's so hard to catch five fish, and so you know when we do get them, we want to brag about them. We we kind of wanted that recognition. That's narcissist that that may sound <laughs> yeah no and, and that's what that i mean that's what got me into to, to doing these tournaments i mean i, I never to me the the one in the the money is kind of more of just a bonus that helps yeah. pay for all the money i've been dumping into this but uh it, it, it's all about it's all about winning it's the competition it's the uh it, it's the competition and and that that uh and then it's a doing these national events is, is my next step. It's my next goal. Uh, it's something I'm going to try to work on, uh, and follow around some more in, uh, next season. So, uh, I said it, uh, ho hopefully the, uh, a good first event doesn't uh, lead to a bunch of disappointment in the future, but it, it, uh, ha having that definitely gets me motivated to make that jump and try to follow around a few of those, uh, maybe even travel a little bit farther some of those national events to, to to try to get my name out there and to try to become a better fisherman and win some more tournaments. So. Oh, definitely, man. And you definitely shown that you got the talent to compete with anybody out there, um, no matter, you know, how big or daunting the, the tournament can be. Which ones you already got lined up? I know, I don't think Bass Nation Kayak Series has come up with the schedules yet. Not no. as you surprised her. I haven't looked at KBF. 
I know Hobie BOS came up with the first five tournaments. Yeah. There is a couple that are going to be coming close to Texas. Broken Bow, I think it's in there. And then you got Toledo Bend. Um, that's probably the two closest ones. Which ones are you so far out of the ones right now, the schedules to come out? I think right now I'm going to definitely shoot to go to Broken Bow and Toledo. Uh, that's the plan right now. I guess maybe depending on how those go, I may try to uh, drive a little bit farther to some of the other ones. And depending on... Uh, timing with work and things like that. Uh, Southeast Texas is is the local trail around here. That's I'll be prioritizing a lot of their tournaments, but uh, definitely want to venture out to some of the national ones. They actually, I think, just announced today that they're going to uh, move their February tournament to be on the same weekend as, well, the same location as. Yeah, I saw that. They're they're going to do a dual uh, Toledo Bend tournament, so I'll, I'll get to <laughs> kind of do both of those together, which. It's going to make it even that much more big. So I'm, I'm hoping I can uh, have a good shot at that one. But uh, I'll, I'll for sure do the closer ones. And we'll just kind of – and I may I, – I hadn't looked too much into Bass and to uh, ABF, but I may kind of pick and choose some of those as they come closer. But uh, the goal now to me kind of is the – I mean, with winning or getting third place for the Rayburn event qualified me for the Tournament of Champions. Uh, that's I think like two weeks away on uh, all Alabama. And so that's kind of, of course, we'll have to see how that goes uh, in, in, in a few weeks, but uh, it, it's given me something that I, I want to try to shoot for again next week. And whether that's the only way you can get in is by uh, being in a certain placement with AO or Hobie or uh, getting in the top three. So oh, but, uh, I'm going to try. Yeah, so you qualified, right? I qualified. Yep. Uh, yeah, two, congratulations, uh, man. I think two weeks. I've I've already got all that that week uh, scheduled off for vacation to go up there and pre fish and fish that. So I'm I'm looking forward to that, and uh, that's that, that's going to be a goal for next year is to try to get up there again for that. That's awesome, man! I forgot about that. Yeah, you did qualify, yeah. man. There's a lot of Texans, man. Texans have been blowing it, <laughs> blowing up the competition this year. You got Brian Howell um, going to TLC, Matt Scott, um, Guillermo, of course. Um, now Brian, you, anybody, anybody else from Texas going in? Uh, Brian, I'm probably going to butcher his last name. I think it's Brian Scantonbury or, or something like that. Oh yeah. Brian Scarberry. That's true. Scar- oh, Scarberry. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, he won first place for that Hobie oh, yeah. uh, event in Rayburn. So he'll, he'll be going, I think there's, there's one other that I, I heard of that I'm, I'm just kind of drawing blank on his name right now, but uh, I think there may have been one other, but yeah, te- Texas, I mean, Texas has always had some. I mean, just great anglers, especially in the state. Yeah. There's there's a very competitive group and some, uh, I mean, very good anglers across the state. And I, I think not all of them follow around the national stuff, but uh, uh, this year there'll be a good showing for Texas out there. And uh, yeah. I, if, if if more of them fished it, I, I think it could uh, it could get bigger. <laughs> no, definitely, man, and something to be proud of. You know, I always say Texas. It's kind of like uh, when you look at just bass fishing recreationally, it's, it's heaven. You know, it's a mecca. of, And I know that's going to sound a little like uh, ostentatious to say because I'm from Texas, but it really is. I mean, when you look at, you know, the quality of fish that you have in Texas combined with the culture, you know, the bass fishing culture that we have in Texas, it really does make it a uh, prime area for yeah. bass fishing. Add to that, you know, from so from from that standpoint, it's like a blessing living in Texas. From the standpoint of competing, it's kind of like a curse because you really do have some of the best anglers right now that you have to compete on a daily basis on small tournaments, you know, and that's that's only going to make you better, I guess. But yeah, it is. You really need to be on your A gate to kind of stand out. Um, from the rest of the names that are here. I mean, and again, there's we talk about um, Jacob Andrews, um, Rolando Nadine, who won Angler of the Year for the TKC again on a stack field. Um, I mean, what can you say about Rolando? I know he doesn't fish a lot of the national events, but man, oh man, is he a, a great uh, tournament angler and locally. Uh, yeah. He is, man. I, he is. Um, and so... There's a lot. There's a lot of great anglers out here, man. And you really, 
you really need to be on your A game. I'm on every weekend. You know, you're not gonna have a day off. Even on small tournaments, I finished the Slay Nation um, in Lake Fork, and Mark Pendergraft and Brian Howell was there. And we're talking about, you know, 30 anglers wasn't a big tournament, but you know, some of the anglers, big names, you know, and yeah. it, it's tough, you know. But again, it's one of those things where if you really want to get better at bass fishing, especially kayak bass fishing, surrounding yourself, you know, with this great anglers is only going to up your game. You know, you have no choice, but if you have the right mindset to kind of up your game and learn from them and, you know, and get those competitive juices flowing every time you see those names out there, you want to, you want to win against these guys, you know, that's where you make a name for yourself. Yeah. No, and that's why uh, I mean, that, and that's why I kept doing the tournaments. It's it's one of those you uh, that that's the best and really only opportunity to to learn from people. And and I, I kind of learned too that um, every tournament that's won, there's the, the usually the top three. There's just who put the pieces together that day, and and half the people are fishing completely different. I mean, you yep. you figure out your strengths and you figure out what works for you, and, and uh, you can do that to put the pieces together that day uh, uh, you, you you can win some tournaments but uh, it's it's one of those that's 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 my goal is to just keep on uh, getting better because there are there's a bunch of guys where you always see them at the top I mean they may not win first every time but they're consistently at the top each event that they compete in and uh, it's it's it, it's a it's there's a lot of great anglers out here that definitely is well Caleb I've had you for almost an hour now and you know I know you're a family man and I appreciate you taking time on a weekday to talk about the great wing again congratulations um good luck on the Hobie BOS uh or the TOC in Lake Ufala man uh, you, you know you guys out there um should put uh Texas on the board if it's not already there you know and uh yeah. so good luck to you out there man hope you get on them and you know, catch a nice check and see, you know, see what happens. Maybe this hey, I, I, will be, we'll have you here talking about your big win at the TOC. Man, that'd be awesome. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it, how it shapes out. I, I sure hope so. Though. <laughs> well, Caleb, I want to give you a minute to thank anybody you thank. I don't know if you have your sponsors. I noticed your pride, um, yep. fishing rods hat, um, maybe you're affiliated with them. And uh, so I'll give you a couple of minutes to thank who you want to thank, sponsors, family members, whoever you want to thank. Yeah, I'll, I'll start out by thanking my family. Any, anytime I, I fish a tournament, they uh, they watch my dog for me, and they're they're my biggest uh, supporter. So I got I got to thank them for uh, for doing that. Uh, Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. That's that's my group of group alphabet of crew. They're always, yeah, they're they're always super supportive. A uh, bunch of text messages from them throughout the weekend, just encouragement and things like that. So I always appreciate that. Uh, Pride Rods, uh, I, I started using them a while back. Uh, they picked me up. Uh, Billy Kissler makes uh, an amazing rod. I, I use that. That's all I use, and uh, it, it's, it's done me good. Um, uh, some of my others, I use a bolt of lithium batteries. Uh, some guys from the Southeast Texas group. Uh, make them here and they, uh, they 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 work great for me and then a uh, stank stick i think i'm working with them on getting something uh i, I like using those uh they got a little stank stick that's put on the base and uh gives that that attractance into it and i i use that on all my crawls and uh chad scent and things like that but uh that's about it i, I don't have a whole lot of sponsors but anybody that uh, looking to sponsor somebody i'm <laughs> get him now before he goes big hey, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take what I can get <laughs> oh. well man congratulations I see Chris Morales just came out with the schedule for next year some big um, I mean some really nice lakes over there were Fayetteville, Rayburn, Conroe Choke, Fairfield, Houston Co. I don't know which one's that one and Athens and Palestine it's going to be the classic championship for two days those are very nice lakes too. Um, Athens and I think, Palestine. I think that was that may that may have been last year's. I think uh, last year's. I think I think that was last year's. I think this year it's going to be. Uh, I think he's doing Fayette. I think he, I don't remember the order, but I think there's a Sabine River, uh, Choke, 
he's doing the the mix up with uh on Toledo Bend. It'll be a Hobie Southeast Texas mix event. And then uh uh Conroe. I feel like there's one more I'm missing, but then the championship this for twenty twenty two is gonna be in uh on Fork. Like Fork. So oh, yeah, really? I think yeah, he he's kind of spreading out to some some of the different lakes to try to help pull some people and and with a uh, classic on on Fort, it's it, it could be a good year. So I I think I think it'll pull quite a few numbers and uh, he runs a good trail and I, I look yeah. forward to I'm I'm gonna prioritize that more because I I only, I only got to fish a few events this last year or this this season I guess 2021. Uh, so my goal is to to win back my a or my uh, classic belt and to to put my my hat in the ring for AOIs is what I'm shooting for next year. <laughs> yeah, man, that's Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League, the Alphabet Crew. Uh, first of all, great tournament ag, uh, tournament director, Chris Morales, does yeah. an amazing job. We can't thank him enough for what he's doing. And I think looking at the schedule might be right. I might have been quoted last year's tournament. Uh, Post they just did today. But, yeah, South um, Chris Morales, again, shout out, huge shout-out to him with what he's doing. Um, blessed to have him on the um on the uh as a tournament director for both TKC and South East Texas Kayak Bass League. I don't know if does he um direct any other tournament? That's the only two he directs, right? I, I believe that's the only two he does. That's and I two. think he's he's doing TKC with uh, Andrew Jacobson. And yeah, Andrew and Joseph Anderson. This, this last year there was yeah Joseph. Yeah, I yeah think so Chris so, Chris, if you're listening again, congratulations on an amazing season, both in the TKC and the, um, again, Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. In fact, if we only have one gripe against Chris, he could probably shorten the name of that tournament trail. <laughs> but other than that, man, congratulations to Chris. Great job. And again, fortunate to have him as a tournament uh, director here in Texas. So, Caleb, again, thank you so much. Again, congratulations on your big win. We look forward to see what happens on the TLC. And, and again, thank you for having time to join us today on the water. I mean, on the water, on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, thank, thanks for having me. And, and like you said, hopefully I can uh, I can win some more tourneys and you'll, you'll need to talk to me again, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. We'll definitely see, uh, see, see you on the water. If, you know, God willing, I'll be able to be at Toledo and Broken Bow. And then we'll see what the rest of the schedule is going to be. And then once Bass Nation releases their schedule, hopefully it'll be they'll have a couple of trails either in Texas or near Texas we can drive and uh, make it there as well. So for that, for those out there listening, thank you for joining us. If you made it this far, go check out my sponsor Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup of rods. Again, thanks for everyone. Have a great day. If you're going to be on the water, stay safe. Winter is coming. Make sure you layer up and, you know, make sure you, you know, stay safe. Wear your PFDs. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from Hunt Stand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.